0: Up, everybody. It's the Master of the Indiana Pacers. You listen to the Peace Rules podcast. Be sure to follow at Paceroos on Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rules Podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias towards the Indiana Pacers. I feel a bit left out because I'm the only one without a jersey today. For those of you viewing this on YouTube, we have the OG Jan- Danny Granger jersey uh, being worn by Justin, and we have the new statement or city jersey uh, being worn. By Alex and TJ Warren. Uh, and we're all in a good mood because we just defeated the New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans 118 to 116 in an overtime game. I think we were down by 10 points with a few minutes left. Turn it around, forced OT. And then Malcolm Brogdon was the hero. Both of our big men fouled out. Uh, down to Jakar Sampson as the lone big man. And an unbelievable victory. Uh, Alex, I'll start with you. Um, got to feel pretty good at the moment being 5 and 2.
1: man I think it's one of the better starts we've had since probably 2014 I would imagine so you know it's a good time to be a Pacers fan Um, I mean what a win we were down by 10 points with about 2 minutes to go we all thought we had lost I think every Pacers fan was turning off the TV or getting ready to go to bed but you know Oladipo, Miles uh, to to play that way with 2 minutes to go when your back's against the wall is it's Pacers basketball isn't it that's the that's the old school Pacers ball. Never quitting, never giving up. So that's one of the better wins you'll see all year long.
0: I think it's you hit the nail on the head. It's it's Pacers basketball to never give up, to keep fighting, and the team definitely did that. There was a lot of foul trouble uh, early, and we'll get into that a little bit later in the episode. But um, Justin, this this team was picked to not make the playoffs by a lot of people, and uh, five and two start through the first ten percent of the season. Um, we, you just you can't be dissatisfied with the way that Nate Bjork and, and the players have handled the first ten percent of the season, can you?
2: No, you can't. And it, it's been a weird start to the season. I thought the game one against Boston Pacers probably didn't deserve to win, but then won. And then game two against Boston they deserved to win, but then lost. And then you know the Knicks game was up in the air. The Knicks ended up pulling it out, and then the Pelicans probably didn't deserve to win but pulled it out. It's just been a crazy year with like um, you know. Team could get on the hottest streak in the last five minutes, wins the game. So, yeah, five and two. I think we're tied for second in the East now, just below Philly, who are six and one. So, um, yeah, terrific start to the season. And, yeah, so many, so many heroes from today's game against the
0: Pelicans. Like you could mention probably about four or five players that kind of uh, helped get the victory. Yeah and one of those players we have got to mention off the top is Victor Oladipo. He's uh definitely looked even better today than he has in the last few games. I think we've seen Victor return to, you know, that 90-95% of what he was prior to the quad injury and uh you have to you have to mention how good he's looked. I mean, 25 points, five rebounds, six assists, a couple of steals, five three-pointers made in the game today. He he was a flamethrower, as you tweeted, Justin, during the game. He was uh, instrumental in keeping us in the game late before um, Miles hit some big shots and then Malcolm Brogdon hit some big shots toward the end of uh, OT. But, I mean, Alex, this is the Victor Oladipo we were hoping would come out uh, and that we'd see this season. It's really nice to have a guy that was an all-star sort of back, isn't it?
1: Yeah, well, and you know what, we've been probably the most critical of him out of uh, most Pacers fans I know. Especially during the bubble, we were disappointed in his play, but he's come out this year and outside of the the Knicks game where he obviously didn't shoot the ball well, he's played some of the best ball we've seen him play since that All NBA year. So. Uh, obviously a contract year so he's got some extra incentive but it's good to see Vic getting back and he hit those clutch shots he played clutch defense the effort on defense is the biggest thing that I've seen from him this season Uh, I should say the biggest jump I've seen from this season from last season because there were times in the bubble where he was falling asleep he didn't look like he was trying on defense sometimes but you know he got that clutch charge call against Bledsoe and he just looks so much better man
0: And Malcolm Brogdon is the other one, Justin, that really was instrumental in OT. He's hit some good shots. He's uh, been probably one of our most consistent players this season, along with obviously Domas Sabonis, who fouled out of the game. Um, We saw Malcolm start really strongly last season before he succumbed to a few injuries and was pretty inconsistent after the new year. But he's really picked up where he left off uh, around December, January of, of last year. So we're hoping that that continues.
2: Yeah, you can definitely tell. I mean, he's mentioned it, you can tell he's worked three point shot. Um, definitely like pull up game off the dribble as well. He, I mean, he's four for nine today. He's putting up large quantities of three point uh, field goals, which which is great. I have confidence in him going in. You know, crazy stat from say he paid, played played forty six minutes, eleven assists, zero turnovers. Um, which is unreal. You know, add 21 points and the game-winners good go along with that. But 11 assists, zero turnovers in 46 minutes, that's impressive.
0: It is. It's exactly what you need from your point guard, and you can't afford to make mistakes when you two bigs foul out across the course of the game. And, and I want to talk about fouling and, and overall the foul count of the last couple of games. I mean, the, the loss to New York was kind of marred by uh, a lot of foul calls, whether they're – fair or not is a different conversation. But the fact of the matter is that there's a lot of foul mistakes sort of being made, a lot of free throw being shot by Pace's opponents right now. And I'd say that that's probably the only thing that I'd look at and think um, that that's something that we need to kind of curb. Um, if we look at, you know, the last game to Sabonis was in foul trouble. He ended up with five fouls. This game miles had two fouls within two minutes um, of the game starting and uh, Domus fouled out with, I think, about six or seven minutes remaining in the whole game. Uh, and then Miles fouled out later in the piece after coming on and making some big shots down the stretch, uh, including a big three to tie it off that uh, Oladipo defensive play. Um, Alex, when you've only got two centers on your roster and they both start, uh, how important is it to maintain uh, your fouls for the end of a game and so you don't lose one or both of them?
1: Yeah, it can make and break your team. And we've seen it. No Goga. He's out with injury, obviously. So you're running thin at the the big spot. And today, we got some big minutes from Jakar. I've been looking forward to it. I think it's been a little bit odd to me. I think uh, you can tell Nate is not too sure how deep he wants to go with the rotation. And I think that's why guys like Sumner, guys like Samson haven't necessarily seen minutes. But when guys like Miles are getting in foul trouble or Sabonis are getting in foul trouble, you've got to step up. So, yeah, they've got to limit those. I think um, I, I'm not too worried about it because this is not something that's reoccurring for Sabonis. Miles does get in a bit of foul trouble, especially early. That's going to happen. He's he going for a lot of blocks. So, you know, I'm not too worried about that, but definitely good to see guys like Samson. And hopefully, especially for you, Adam, hopefully Goga comes back soon so we don't have to worry about the uh, the center depth.
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty thin at the moment. Um, and you mentioned the rotation, and Justin. I know that uh, you've got a lot to talk about when it comes to one particular part of the rotation. Hype Train Edmund Sumner hasn't been part of the rotation. I know he's a favorite of yours. There's one guy that has been a part of the rotation and he's actually been starting. And, you know, we've talked about this guy a lot over the last couple of years, once called untouchable by Larry Bird. Aaron Holliday just has failed to find his shot this season, and, you know, Alex and I have been on the Aaron Holiday train. We've been waiting for it to uh, to leave the station. But, Justin, it appears like the train's broken right now.
2: Uh, I mean, yeah, you guys know. I've just been very critical of him since a rookie because, like you said, the comments made by Larry Bird and um, 90% of the fan base in my, in my mentions talking about how good Aaron Hol- Holiday is going to be. And... He's had one or two games, good games in his career, and that was against Toronto in overtime last year. He played terrific that game, um, hit some clutch Brooklyn shots. Brooklyn game? Brooklyn game as well. And to me, that's it. Like, he he can't complain about opportunity now because we've had that many injuries the past few years. He's been thrusted into a starting role and he's given nothing. Um, and I know that might sound harsh, but his shot just looks terrible. You know, one for five today. So glad Nate Bjorken ended up going with T.J. McConnell. Um, you know how many times does McConnell steal the ball or make a play to get you know paces an extra basket? Um, and you know even against the Knicks, Aaron Holiday was 0 for six. <laughs> like, and he's not affecting the game in any other way. Um, he's not getting rebounds. He's not getting assists. He's not getting steals. At least with T.J. McConnell, he's he's impacting the the kind of box score in your assists, your steals, and. You know, even against Boston game two, Peyton Pritchard absolutely torched Aaron Holiday. I, He doesn't deserve a st- starting spot in this league. Obviously, we know TJ Warren's out, so it leaves Bjorkman with not as much options. And Jeremy but, Lamb. And Jeremy Lamb, yeah. So, look, he... I put it this way. Would Aaron Holiday get minutes on the Lakers team? No. I don't think he'd even be in their rotation. So, um, yeah, I, I, I really worry about his future in the NBA. Yeah, I...
0: I can't disagree. I mean, I think the the opportunity when Jeremy Lamb went down was Aaron Holliday's opportunity. It was his opportunity to prove that he could be the lead guard off the bench, the scoring guard off the bench. And I think regardless of whether he started or whether he's come off the bench over the last 12 months, he hasn't really shown that he can do that consistently and he hasn't shown that he can be a reliable uh, contributor, either starting or off the bench. For some reason, both Nates really like to start him uh, with that lineup, for some reason, they they like to play the three guard lineup with Brogdon, Oladipo, and and Holiday uh, with the two centers. Oh, I'm not sure why. Potentially because the two centers are out there. They want they want speed. Um, but I, I would gravitate more toward his brother at that small forward spot rather than Aaron, um, and rather than moving Oladipo or Brogdon up to to guard the small forward because Justin's a lot more versatile. But um, I, I really don't think he's shown enough to be given you know a big contract extension coming out of his rookie deal. I don't think he's shown enough to be seen as an untouchable player. Um, and I think if there's a move to be made and there's value that you can find in Aaron Holiday, um, a change of scenery may do him good, may get the team a return. Because at the moment um, with Warren and Lamb out, we're really lacking uh, that that scoring guard off the bench, that, that key guard off the bench that can contribute. Um, not to mention, obviously, a lackey, a big man, because of Goga's injury. But I mean, uh, Alex, it's it's quite glaring that we're we're pretty thin in the rotation overall right now. That will change when Jeremy Lamb gets back. It will change even more when TJ Warren gets back. But um, how concerned are you with Aaron Holiday's lack of production?
1: Yeah, it's a massive concern. And as Justin touched on, his shot just it, it looks so much different than it did even 12 months ago, doesn't it? And then you look at his rookie season; he was shooting it better. So, it's a it's a massive disappointment. And on rotations, I agree. I think Justin Holiday would be a, an upgrade, but I would even look at a guy like Sumner coming up. He started last year in the first few games. Maybe this is a hot take. I don't really know. But um, Ed gives you a lot more defensively on the perimeter than I think Holiday does. You said it, it he got beat by yeah he got uh, beat by Pritchard, um the mm. other day against the Celtics, which I don't think Sumner would. Uh, obviously, Soner doesn't give you much offensively, but defensively he gives you a lot. So, you've got other options. Aaron, he he just can't find his shots with this starting lineup. It's been proven time and time again that he just can't play with them. He needs to go back to the second unit. He's much more comfortable playing with, you know, his brother, Dougie McBuckets, who's been balling by the way. Shout out to him, and uh, and that second unit. So, hopefully, I'm I'm praying that this is just a slump. And we see the, the Aaron Holiday that we know. Earned it all for years, boys. No, we're, Aaron, <laughs> Justin, we're hoping he comes back to the goal. Yes, we are. We are. At the start of the year. Oh, it comes down to fit. Year,
0: for me, it, the reason that, that Aaron's getting minutes over Ed is I mean, we attempted 95 threes in the last two games. Uh, it comes down that's to true. having a guy that want that wants to shoot when he's open, versus a guy that isn't necessarily known to shoot when he's open. So I feel like at the moment it it comes down to fit. That I don't necessarily agree with it, but I think that's the reason for the rotation to be how it is with Ed um, not getting minutes and Aaron getting minutes. That said, um, defensive effort is is just as important as the shooting. Um, Nate's come out and said that defense is the priority. Um, so I think one non-shooter on the floor because everyone else on the team can shoot threes, can hit threes. Justin, I know that you're loathe to see Domas take threes, but he's made them this season no, so he's, far. He's
2: shooting the ball well.
0: He's yeah, shooting he, okay. He's
2: doing, he's doing well. And, you know, I just want to mention because I know a lot of people think I'm really strict on Aaron Holiday yeah. and they love it, like that. But I call it, as I say, as you two do. And, you know, the last two games, he's outpoured 46 minutes in the last two games. Three points, like three rebounds, what two assists, just not good enough for an NBA starter. Like I'm sorry, I don't care if you've got Ola Deep on the court as well and Sabonis. I feel like any NBA player could put up better numbers um, with, with Sabonis and, you know, Brogdon on the floor than what Aaron Holiday's put up. So um, yeah, we can move on. But yeah, I just I I would not be surprised to see him dangled at the trade deadline. I still want to know his value. You know, everyone talks about, oh, the deadline, all these teams were after Aaron Holiday, like New York Knicks were after him and they're offering this and that. Geez, I want to know what people are offering because I don't know why we're turning him away.
0: Yeah, at the moment, I mean, I think when we have a full complement of players, when we have Lamb and Warren and Goga, then I think ultimately that will be the biggest test of what we can do with this roster because we'll be legitimately we'll legitimately have sort of ten players that could stay claim to to play in games at that point, um, with with Aaron Holiday, Justin Holiday, and McDermott off the bench along with Goga and Lamb. So I think the the, the tough part for me will be I don't think Nate. Uh, wants to play 10 players every night Uh, i think he he's probably shown that he's more comfortable with playing eight or nine uh consistently across the start of the season i don't see that necessarily changing i mean nba coaches tend to want eight or nine heading into the playoffs so um there's going to be one guy that falls out of the rotation at the moment with aaron holiday's form it looks like he would be odds on to fall out of the rotation when the Pacers roster is fully healthy. So, you know, do you try and trade him along with a rotation player to upgrade the bench uh, and or upgrade the starters? I mean, I don't think you can really upgrade the starters. We've got one of the most consistent starting fives when they're all healthy in the league with probably some of the best contracts of all starting fives in the league. So I think the bench is probably where you need to upgrade. And I know I'll keep harping on about it. I'm going to say it again. The biggest flaw to this roster is... Play people that can guard Jason Tatum, Ben Simmons, Pascal Siakam, Giannis, Kumbo. Those four players you will have to come across in the playoffs. They're all big forwards. We currently don't have a player on the roster that can guard the four of those players. We don't have a player with height defensive ability but also speed and agility so i think if you're looking to to make a move with this roster i've said it a million times over the past 12 months alex i think you have to upgrade the forward position off the bench um to bring about a guy that can actually face one of those big all-stars
1: well you know who's a free agent right now don't you adam Rondé Hollis hollis Jefferson. Yes. I would do unspeakable things to get him on the bases, man. I've wanted him for a couple of years. I think he just gives you, obviously, I'm not going to say that he's going to clamp up Giannis or anything crazy like that, but off the bench, he gives you so much depth. He can score the ball. He can rebound, which the Pacers desperately need, and he can defend. So I don't know how they could do it, um, but I would love the Pacers to, to find a way to get him on the roster. I think he would be such a big upgrade for that second unit.
0: I think ultimately if you ended up turning Aaron Holiday into a player like Rondé Hollis-Jefferson or better than Rondé Hollis-Jefferson because Aaron has um, value and Rondé's not on a roster, but if you upgraded that position into a guy that can guard those all-star forwards off the bench um, and Thaddeus Young's a, a clear sort of guy that that you could Potentially deploy against those players and is on a a shorter term contract. I'm not sure what it would take to get him with the money, how the money would line up. But um, I'd love to see Thad back in a Pacers uniform on one of those all stars for three minutes a quarter, just making life really, really difficult for them. Um, But that's the sort of position we need to, we need to upgrade. Uh, and I think that's that's probably the one thing standing in the way of us being able to make a deep playoff run. Because yes, you need to be able to guard Domas. You need to be able to potentially deploy two people, two players to guard Domas and Miles if Miles consistently continues to find his shot. But Justin, when you deploy the All Star on the other end, those forwards that I mentioned, um, who guards them right now?
2: Yeah, I mean, like you've said, Adam, you've mentioned it for. I was gonna say years, basically since the start of the season and I couldn't agree more. It's but you know, teams teams battle against us, you know, how do they match up against Domus and Miles? You know, we spoke to Kevin Pritchard about this um, lineup and he said, you know, teams have to worry about us as well. They have to, you know, how are they gonna guard Domus and Miles when they're on the court? Yes, we don't have a superstar of the Giannis or Tatum Echelon, but um you know, teams do have to worry about guarding our two big man lineup. So, yeah, come playoff time. I mean, that's a long, long way away. Who knows what the team's going to look like um, if it's got the same starting lineup? Who knows? But yeah, that is something. Um, if the Pacers want to go deep into maybe the conference finals, that they'll have to look at for sure.
0: Definitely, a uh, couple of games coming up at home against the Rockets and the incredibly impressive Phoenix Suns. Um, I'm interested in what you guys are looking for out of those two games in particular because we probably won't come to you before those two games happen unless there's a massive move or a trade or something of that nature happens. But Alex, start with you, the Rockets and the Suns. What are you in particular looking to see out of those couple of games or what point do you want to make?
1: Um, Man, that's, that's a tough stretch of games we have coming up against the Western Conference. So I would love to see us just split those games, man. I think the Suns... They're a team that's going to shoot a lot of threes. So perimeter defense is big and you're going to have to see a lot from Victor Oladipo these next two, because he's got Harden and then Booker. So I want yeah. to see Oladipo get that first team all defense level back these next two games. That's biggest thing for me.
0: I think for me, it's, it's the backcourt uh, overall because Brogdon's going to get Chris Paul and uh, John Wall. Uh, Wall's look pretty impressive uh, in his first uh, couple of weeks back on an NBA team. Chris Paul's Chris Paul. So I think the backcourt has a lot to prove the next two games against two of the more stacked Western Conference backcourts. What about you, Justin? Uh,
2: yeah, I'm interested to see how Miles Turner has to stay out of foul trouble against DeMarcus Cousins. Um, yes, it's not the Cousins of Sacramento. I think, you know, I always mentioned Miles Turner's struggles against like Embiid, Cousins, these big bodies. He always get in foul trouble against them. So, you know, DeMarcus Cousins isn't the player he used to be. Turner should not get in early foul trouble. Uh, he should be able to handle him, but I'm interested to see how that goes. Yeah, Phoenix. Geez, Phoenix at Indiana—that's a—that's a hell of a game. I'm—I'm I'm already excited to watch it. Um, so much stars on the floor. Um, but yeah, I'm—I I'm, rarely do it, but I'm actually going to tip us to go two and zero.
0: Wow, Ooh, I like it. I'm a little bit more on your end, Alex. I think one on one would be a real win for us against yeah. two possible Western Conference playoff teams. But I think overall, we've got two very important games coming up. I think we'll come to you after those two games take place, but uh, please continue to subscribe, like our videos on YouTube, uh, subscribe through Spotify, through Apple. We appreciate all the uh, uh, the views and listens on the last couple of episodes. We've worked hard to bring you a couple of interviews we're really proud of. So uh, we thank you for continuing to listen. This has been the Pacers podcast. Go Pacers.